Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators, and we delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of murder, ghosts, legends, and lore, with a healthy dose of debunking. Debunking. Scullying, with a C. Scullying with a C. Every time now. <laughs> Forever and ever. Until the end of time. It's, it's, you know what, uh, I, I support this message for no other reason than I can't stop thinking of the other kind of scullying now that's been pointed oh, out to me. I, I never knew that existed. That's so awful. Nobody look that up. Don't look it up. Just always picture Jillian, Jillian Anderson. Anderson. She's Beautiful. such a babe. She's going to be playing, uh, cause I just saw some of the first pictures for it, for the crown. She's playing. Oh, uh, I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher. And yes. my God, the pictures are kind of intense. If this is, I realize this has nothing to do with anything spooky but uh jillian anderson is a goddamn treasure first of all and second of all she's gonna be playing margaret <laughs> she is and she's a national treasure she's a treasure and if you think differently we're gonna fight and that's fine um you can come and fight me and i will fight you on this it's gonna be so but, much fun i'll watch yeah, you should you should watch with a timer because that's i'm gonna just there's gonna be a beat down and a smackdown and it's gonna set records in is it going to be called Delphit Decapitation? Delphit Decapitation. <laughs> if I'm ever, if I ever become a serial killer, it should be like the de- the Delphit Decapitator. The de- Delphit Capitator. The Decapitator. I don't know what it is. That's, I can't words. do it. Words is terrible. Words are hard. <laughs> words are so hard. Did you words know that Jillian Anderson's Instagram has like a phallus of the day joke going and she always posts pictures of different <laughs> versions of dicks and there's one as a latte and it shows the what? latte foam as like the wildest looking dick it's the greatest <sighs> thing so i didn't think it was possible for me to love jillian anderson so like okay. these are my degrees of love of jillian anderson she was cool and then she was on hannibal and she reached a whole other oh, level of cool so good so, uh that just takes the like that's Basically, she's a goddess in my mind now. Oh, she's great. Now you got to go look at her Instagram and find them because it's very I have funny. to actually like follow her Instagram and I'm not the best social media person when That's it comes okay. to those things. And now our listeners can find her and they look at all of her, her pictures should and her. she should promote us because we love her so much. <laughs> we love and her. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Something else our listeners should do, and I'm going to throw this out there, listeners, between the recording of our last episode, which is the first part of our uh our, 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 I almost said Fox Follow Farm, which is not correct. It was too much alliteration. <laughs> I love alliteration. It's my favorite. Gabby's laughing a lot at me right now. Oh, so um, good. But uh, Gabby went and did something. I did. She did. A girl did. got engaged. I did. I'm getting married. She's en fiance. En fiance. So uh, if you if you want a chance to tell her congratulations, you, of course, can tell her via our Instagram. You can go to our Instagram and just pick a random post to tell her how stoked you are that she's engaged because it is pretty stinking awesome. Thanks, Kim. So I, it's my, my personal desire uh, is for all of our listeners to, to go and tell Gabby how excited they are because she's really excited and I'm really excited and uh, you should all be excited for her. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. My uh, fiancé, that's so weird to say now. Beyonce. My fiancé and I it's went like to... It's like Beyonce. I know. But or Terrence. 
Because now I'm calling him Terrance, my fiance. It works out perfect. I'm going to start calling him Terrance every time I see him. Please do. Um, but we actually Done. went to uh, Mount Rainier, and that's where he did it. And on the way there, we found the spookiest house. And this is not part of our episode, but I did want to <laughs> share. And it's so wild. It's this old Victorian house that's like by the entrance of the Mount Rainier um, National Park. And it is not well kept. And it's open for business as nice. like a, a bed, not an Airbnb, as a bed and breakfast. And it even has a sign outside that says Wi-Fi and HBO built in 1912 <laughs> or 1916. Wow. HBO has been around a lot longer than I realized. You know, since 1912. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what were the shows like then? Was that like early day Titanic. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I'll I'll post a stupid picture or video from Do that it, because it was it was really spooky and it's I think y'all would appreciate it. Um, nice. And I will say that my fiance just thanked me for not making us stay there the one night that we did stay out there because he hates staying at haunted places. You're a better person than me. I know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not. No, it's true. I'm a horrible. <laughs> I actually am a horrible human being. Like no, that's I that I'm a horrible human being. <laughs> 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 Folks, if you ever wonder if Kim's a horrible human being, she no, is she's not. not. She's, she's a, a wonderful, wonderful human being. Cold dead heart. Cold dead heart. But okay. with that cold dead heart comes a lovely and intelligent individual who is my beautiful partner in crime for ghoulish tendencies. And we actually have a Patreon now. We and do. if you don't know, we're actually starting to get more patrons we is- are, which helps us so, afford to do the podcast, which is awesome. So absolutely. Having said that, I wanted to actually thank our recent patrons. We have our newest ghoul is Courtney. We have a new apparition, which is Jeffrey. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jeffrey. Also, he makes some great candles. Oh my God. I okay. Can we wait? I need to I need to actually like talk for a moment about how much I love those candles because uh Pearl Candle Company. There's a pumpkin spice one I got not too long ago. Oh, I love pumpkin spice. I'm not and I like because I'm such a basic white girl. Uh <laughs> of course I love pumpkin spice. And you are not basic. Stop saying that. <laughs> Fair. Um, but what I like about it is that it's this really nice pumpkin spice smell without the kind of overly perfumey smell that a lot of the pumpkin spice candles can have like it is i i killed it i killed it dead like i burnt it i need to get another one because i just burned that shit down murdered it i murdered the candle like it's it did not take me long at all so but yes thank you jeffrey anyway yes he's amazing jeffrey gave us candles and he's giving us patreon money so thank Thank you you. and we support his business so you should too for pearl candle company uh we also have benny as a new apparition we have mr bob our friend bob foster Ah, he's a new ghoul gentleman and a scholar sir Yes. Um, Bob is actually one of the other websites and podcasts I'm involved with, uh, City of Geek. And Bob is one of my fellow geekers and, and just a absolutely lovely human. So uh, I know Bob- Bob's great. We love Listens Bob. too, because he, he, he actually messaged me after, it was like Tuesday at like 11 a.m. or something. So the episode had not been out that long. And he, he messaged me about urine because we had made all those <laughs> urine jokes. I had a moment because, you know, we, we record and Gabby edits. And that process is about at least five days, if not uh, a week. 
uh, between us recording and you editing. And so I, I definitely had a moment of like, why is Bob messaging me about your oh, right? <laughs> urine hashtag urine hashtag urine pool it was urine pool excuse me hashtag urine pool uh so i know he's gonna hear this probably at again at approximately 10 or 11 a.m on tuesday when it's gets really prompt he he is a a truly superb human being and i i feel privileged to know him and be his friend yay bob we also want to thank nadia for being Not an apparition. Yet. We want to thank Ghost Daddy. Ghost, Ghost Daddy. Yes, Ghost Daddy. Jake Rice for being yeah. our ghoul. Brian and Jules oh, for Brian. being apparition. So we have all these new people. Thank you so much for all of your support. If you would like to join these lovely, beautiful people, you too could receive a really rad postcard. Yes. Some really rad iridescent stickers, and we have some fun things coming down the line. We have some fun things planned. Like we got we we now we've gotten our groove, and and have also figured out how to like print. Yes, Stella has gotten her groove back. It's my middle name. Um, (laughs) That was so it it actually it actually is. (laughs) Anyway, but no, we have some cool things planned. So thank you all. We are able to keep this podcast going because of people like you. Yes, thank you so much. And if you haven't joined, please join so we can give you guys the lovely content that you love so much. And we often get asked, like, why don't you guys release episodes weekly? Why (laughs) is it every other week? Well, you know, we both have jobs and this is one of the things that we do in our life that takes up a lot of time. And with more patrons, we might be able to afford to be able to do an episode a week. And having said that, brace yourself for October because October is juicy. Yeah. Episode every week in October, which is intense. Like camping. Like camping. And as Gabby pointed out, like we put in uh, a lot of effort in our research. We like to try to go kind of that extra mile with our research, but that takes a lot of time. So uh, we're really excited to be able to offer every week an episode every week for October. Uh, But uh, yeah, in order to keep that up, uh, your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks guys. Thank you. So I think we should get into part two of the double episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I would recommend that you hit pause, go back to last week's episode, listen to it, and then listen to this. Because last week's episode was about Fox Hollow Farm and Herb, not Herb, the basil, (laughs) but Herb Baumeister, who was a serial killer. And his story of murdering a bunch of young gay men in the Indianapolis area and burying them or not so burying them in the woods behind his house at Fox Hollow Farm. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about the murders last week, but it gave you a little dangle for the hauntings. And I got to tell you, this is going to be a good time. I hope you brought your seatbelt to buckle up and get ready for this wild ride because there are some stories. Woo! And as we generally like to say, going into episodes where we talk very heavily about the paranormal. This is is where you give the disclaimer because Kim's going to snort and roll her eyes a lot. Yes, exactly. So like there's 
a lot of firsthand experience that we hear from people that it happened to in this, which is great. So it didn't have like a trickle down of telephone of stories of people that heard it and then relayed that information. So we actually have direct to the source info with this, which is awesome. We also have investigations and evidence Evidence. Evidence. Evidence from the investigations that we can speak to. But we also were going to talk a little bit about like psychic mediums and what they have to say. And, you know, to each his own. But some people believe more heavily in the validity of that perspective than others. And you all have your opinion and you are mm-hmm. welcome to have it. So please go into this with an open mind. And here we go. So we left off last episode talking about the current owners of Fox Hollow Farm. Their names are Robert and Vicki Graves, and they actually moved into Fox Hollow Farm in 2009. And something else to point out is that in the last episode, as well as this episode, I'm going to heavily reference a book named The Horrors of Fox Hollow Farm, Unraveling the History and Hauntings of a Serial Killer's Home, written by Richard Estep and Robert Graves. So Robert Graves, the current owner of that home, actually helped write the book that I'm referencing. So it's straight from his source. I would also like to clarify that Gabby said horror and not horse, because those are two very (laughs) different books. I apologize for my lack of enunciation. I I heard horrors and my ears perked up. I was like, what? Say This is a totally different story than you thought we were going to be telling. It just got interesting. That's what we need to do to make things interesting. All right, noted. Next Patreon. (laughs) Get prepared for all of your horror stories on Patreon. Horror Oh my gosh, it's so bad. We did not just say that. So Robert Graves is the owner of the home, and he also helped write that book. And Richard Estep is actually a paranormal investigator who investigated the home and wrote the book. And he did a ton of the research that I'm going to share with you today. So having said that, that's where a lot of information is going to be coming from, but I'm also grabbing it from other sources that I also referenced last episode. So I just want to give you that heads up. So Robert and Vicky moved in in May 2009. They knew about the history of the property. They were not threatened by it. They figured that they could start fresh. They could. It was actually recently gutted, and they remodeled the entire interior. Um, so they figured it's like a brand new house. Why not? Right. Whatever's happened is in the past. We move forward from there. They didn't even think about ghosts. Like that wasn't even on their radar at all. They just thought that it had murders that happened there. It was actually a really good deal for them. I know we kind of talked about this last time, but I always love to add this in. It was actually originally on the market for $2.8 million and they ended up buying it for $987,000. So that just bad. Like I wish I had any money to... <laughs> I was going to say that kind of money, but let's face it, any money, uh, uh, to be able to to do something like that. Like, oh, I'd love to own a haunted house. That sounds so cool. Dude, I want to get married in a haunted house. That's going to happen. You do want to get married. Saying, in a, you should. I want to. Just don't tell we'll do an investigation afterwards. It'd be so cool. So cool. Oh, okay. Anyway. So. Can we uh, make that a, 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 a like huge patron package? If you give us all this money, you can come to Gabby's <laughs> wedding. If you pay for my wedding. <laughs> the investigation, you can be in it and we can all stay there. That's nice. our, our I like it. There we go. <laughs> Plug. All Done. Right. Anywho. So. 
Let's talk about Rob for a second. So Rob knew the history of Herb Baumeister briefly. He didn't know a ton about it. He just knew that there were murders. He didn't know how many. He didn't know contexts. He just knew that some people had died in that house. So he decided upon purchasing the home that he wanted to do the research. He wanted to learn a little bit more and understand what he got himself into. So he did. He educated himself on all of the murders, the like full background of Herb Baumeister, uh, which we fully discussed in the previous episode. So if you want to know more about that, listen to that episode. Rob felt that the only thing he had in common with Herb was that he was the family man, the man of the house. And he and Vicky helped bring Fox Hollow Farm back to life. And Rob actually hoped that if there were any remnants of Herb lingering at the house, that Herb would have been proud of the way that Rob took care of the property and that hopefully he wouldn't bother them at all. So he had this perspective of like, well, maybe if at least we're respecting it, right? We're like doing good by the house. Right. And so as far as paranormal activity goes, Rob himself had not experienced anything, but his wife, Vicky, and his former tenant, Joe LeBlanc, have experienced stuff. And Vicky was the first to notice some odd occurrences. And sidebar, just to give you some perspective, Vicky is a scientist. So she is what we like oh. to call him. She right. is a debunker, a scully, if you will, and nice. was never one to believe in ghosts before living at Fox Hollow Farm. She was an avid debunker of everything. So, you know, coming from the perspective of someone like that, the shit's got to be wild if they're saying it's haunted. Like, it's got to be legit. So... Let's talk about some stuff that happened with Vicky. So there is an indoor swimming pool in this house, right? That's where allegedly a lot of the murders happened. Right. And she was in the swimming pool room doing chores one day. She was vacuuming. She was tidying up some excess dirt that were dragged in by her kids, per usual, right? No big deal. Mm-hmm. Nothing weird. Suddenly, the vacuum shut off, and Vicky checked. The on switch was still on, on the vacuum, but when she looked at the plug, it was no longer in the socket. it was lying a couple of inches away okay we thought "Eh, maybe she misjudged her distance maybe she accidentally pulled too hard pulled the plug out of the wall accidentally yeah that's fair so she didn't think much of it she just plugged it back in and continued to vacuum and then it died again pun intended so when she looked back to check she noticed that this time the plug was actually more than a foot away from the socket. Oh, that's weird. Super weird. She knew at this point that was not her doing. She didn't aggressively pull the vacuum that hard. And there was no way that, like, that could have even happened because she had actually left the vacuum cable slack. So that was, like, rolled up on the floor flat in between where she was and where the socket was. So that would have had to have been pulled really, really aggressively and wouldn't have been able to lay as slack as it was right? had she done that. So she knew she wasn't the one causing this to happen. So she still thinks it's weird, but she's like, I'm going to keep vacuuming. So she plugged it back in, started to vacuum again. And as she's looking at the outlet, the power cable flew out of the outlet as though it had been given a forceful tug by some kind of invisible force. Uh, what she saw it with her own eyes. It was the ink out of the wall by a phantom hand that nobody could see. Ooh. And she said, quote, 
It felt like someone was there and I got the strong sense that this invisible someone didn't want me to be in there with them. So a few Hmm. months later, Rob was informed that his coworker, Joe LeBlanc, was in need of a new space to live. And since Fox Hollow Farm had an extra apartment space, Rob offered it to Joe and said, you know, move in, come join us. But hey, this is what happened here. Are you cool with it? (laughs) He's like, yeah, you know. It is what like it you're is. Cool there, right? It's my you're murder. Cool there, right? It's like right? yeah, a cheap totally. place to live. And I'm your friend and we work together. So you need a spot, right? So this will be good for you. And he was like, eh, yeah, not too bothered by it. He had a dog. His dog's name is Fred. So, you know, Joe sure. and Fred are just going to hang out in this apartment. If it's haunted, Fred will protect him, right? Because animals trust them all, right? Totally. So actually what's wild is that Joe ended up living there for two and a half years, even though he had some pretty crazy experiences. So we've already heard about Vicky's first experience. So I'm going to tell you about the experiences that kind of happened to both of them in a sequential order. So first it happened with Vicky. Then Joe moves in, right? Joe's first night, he has a very vivid dream Mm -hmm. where he was running for his life. And it's noted that he doesn't usually get nightmares So this is like the first nightmare he's like ever had. Hmm. So in this dream, he's being chased by something bad, quote unquote. He doesn't know what it is. It's just this negative thing that's chasing him. And when he woke up, he literally got out of the bed and ran and hit the doorframe super hard. Okay. Falling onto the floor in severe pain. He didn't know what he was running from, but he felt like he had to get out of there immediately. It was a literal fight or flight feeling. And this was not Joe's first odd experience, and he had never had one like this before. Okay. So then Vicky has another experience shortly after this. Mm-hmm. And one day, Vicky had come home from work to find Rob painting. While he was explaining to her what he had accomplished that day, something caught her eye behind him in their yard. And Rob mm-hmm. actually noticed that she was pretty distracted. And apparently what she was looking at was a man in a red T-shirt walking huh. off in the woods to the side of the house. Huh. Okay. It seemed as though he was walking through the woods without a care in the world, like he was on his afternoon stroll, no big deal. Sure. But Vicky couldn't see his face because he was walking away from her mm-hmm. and his back was turned to her. So she's like, we've got a trespasser. She's about to like yell out to him. Right. And then she realizes that from the thighs down, all you could see was air. So his denim from his pants faded to nothing. That's some like commitment to 80s faded denim. I right. (laughs) Talk about acid wash. (laughs) Ayo. (laughs) Ayo. Oh, that was a good one. But um all right. So just as quickly as his legs disappeared from his acid wash, the rest of him also vanished. So that acid wash was strong in this one. Uh, Rob actually dismissed it, even though Vicky was like, yo, I just saw this dude. He has no legs. Uh, what the fuck? Um, Always believe a woman when she says she's seen someone with no legs. And it's not like someone who had their legs amputated. It's like a yeah. walking ghost. With it's, no it's not Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan! Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> so Rob says... Oh, right. Never know what you're going to get. Never know. Man with no pants or legs, whatever. Pants, legs. (laughs) 
legs. You never know Either what you're going to get. <laughs> sometimes you get the legs, sometimes you get the pants. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's all good. So Rob dismisses it as a serial killer groupie because, you know, they're like <laughs> us. They want to go check out serial killer locations because okay, they think it's cool. That's being a little bit more generous with your serial... Like, on your property... I don't, that's not a casual serial killer groupie. That's not like, it's cool. They weren't wearing pants. (laughs) They're strolling. They have long hair. They're a hippie. I don't know. They worship Charles Manson. It's fine. You know, everyone has their own perspectives. But anyway, I, I know, I know, I know. So Rob agrees to walk over to the area because she probably said the same thing to Rob as uh-huh. what right now. Um, so they walk over to the area where she saw this guy and no one was there. No one was around. And so Rob is now actually concerned because Vicky's legitimate freaking out. And he knows that Vicky won't freak out unless she has a reason to. And so right. he installs security cameras the next day. Sure. So... A week after Joe moves in, he was also visited by something unknown. He was washing dishes in his apartment one night when he heard a knock at the door. As he hollered, hey, I'll be right there. The knocking becomes more insistent, like open up. It's aggressive Girl Scouts. Yeah, right? Fred, though, he's like, no, that's no Girl Scout. He starts growling menacingly at the door. Oh, trust your animals. He doesn't like his thin mints. Nope, sure doesn't. Chocolate. Don't give dogs chocolate. It's bad. That's true. It's bad. Give him the lemon ones, but those aren't that good. So it's fine. It's fine. He can have his treats. So Joe opens the door. Nobody's there. He looks around. Nada. Nothing. He closes the door, locks it. This door is up a bunch of stairs and is on a platform. So someone would have to like run down the stairs to leave. So you would think that you would hear footsteps. That's noticeable. Right. If someone left. And so he looks outside, he looks down the steps. He doesn't see anybody nowhere nearby. He would have seen someone if they had knocked that shortly before the time that he opened the door. Okay. So he closes the door. He locks it. He feels super uncomfortable. Feels like something's watching him. Okay. Even though no one's there, he feels as though this invisible person was in the room silently watching him the same way how Vicky felt in the swimming pool room with the Mm. vacuum incident. Okay. So remember, same kind of vibe. So Mm -hmm. he tries to shrug it off, sits down, turns on the TV, hangs out on the couch with Fred, and then suddenly something grabs his attention. He sees it in his peripheral. He sees a flash of movement toward the bedroom. So he gets Mm -hmm. up and looks into the bedroom. Nothing's there. Fred even acted up, got up, looked like he saw something. Nothing's there. Hmm. Okay. Can't be explained. Yeah, that's weird. Now there's more things. Another night, Joe. I love how it's always Joe and Fred. They're always together. Always. Oh, Fred. Oh, Fred. That's such a good name for a dog. So Joe is taking Fred for a walk up and down the driveway, and he hears something in the woods. Fred stops. His ears go up, just like Kim's do when we talk about horror. (laughs) Just like that. And now as they walk back, Joe sees a man in a red shirt at the edge of the woods. Fred takes off, running towards this man. Sees him. Runs toward him. Uh The man casually turns around, walks into the woods, and disappears. Fred goes wild, still chases him right into the woods, and Joe takes off after him, not knowing what he's going to find. He wasn't sure if the man in the red shirt was 
a ghost, a person, something, anything else. He remembered, though, that Vicky talked about a man with a red shirt with no legs. And this fit the description. And so he's concerned, though, he needs to find Fred. So with no warning, as he's running, he comes face to face with the man in the red shirt, looks at him in the eyes. Joe freaks out, turns around, runs for his life, Fred right behind him. They get home. Joe tells Vicky, and they realize they've seen the same dude. No pants, no legs. No pants, no legs. All that acid wash. And both of their visions of him had been in the exact same place, but neither of them could explain it. So that makes us think maybe residual, potentially. Possibly, yeah, sure. But also maybe this guy just likes to hang out there. Who knows? That's kind of weird though, right? Can't explain Uh, it. Mm -hmm. So on another occasion, Joe is walking through the woods with Fred, hanging out with Fred. Hanging out with Fred. Can't trust Fred, though. He just takes off running. So Joe chases him, per usual. Dog's got a dog. Dog's got a dog. And when Fred stops, something catches Joe's eye. He sees it between all the leaves and branches on the floor. Uh And he realizes it's a human bone. Ooh, okay. Which, if you remember from last episode, lots of bones in this backyard. Lots of bones. Don't chew on that puppy. Mm -mm. But, you know, dogs love a good bone. So Mm -hmm. he took him to it. And so... Joe picks up the bone, takes it to Vicky and Rob. Vicky immediately identifies it as a human bone, mm-hmm. thinks it's a femur. And sure. she also thought that he found it in the same spot where they had seen the man in the red shirt. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? So there's more. Shortly after this, Joe was awakened by a frantic, repetitive knocking on his door in the middle of the night. He calls out, who's there? Doesn't receive an answer. So he thinks he can uh, see something. And feels some kind of vibration. And it's actually the panels on the door vibrating by how vicious this knocking is. So Joe finally yanks the door open, thinking so he's going to find somebody right there. And there's nobody there. But he looks at the door. Hmm. This is the spookiest thing when I read it. I was like, oh, my God. The door knocker on the door is sticking out, sitting perpendicular to the door at a 90-degree angle, floating in nothing but air. As if something is just holding it. Okay, that's a little weird. Yeah. And he's, as he's looking at it, the knocker falls and knocks on the door one last time. He's freaked out, closes the door, bolts it shut. Fred is growling inside. He's pissed. Then the doorknob begins to turn very slowly as if someone was trying to get in. And then it picks up pace, violently turning. And then suddenly, it stops. Within seconds, the door flew open on its own, mm-hmm. slamming into the wall. Wood chips fly right across the apartment. They actually made damage in the wall where the door hit it. Oh, geez. Did they, did they take pictures of the damage? I can look into that, but I will tell you. That, that's more compelling to me than just saying there was damage, But because, you know, that's how my mind works. So to answer that, in one of your favorite shows, <laughs> Ghost Adventures, I also watched a movie of a paranormal investigation that actually happened there. It was a documentary-style movie. And it shows the dent in the wall that happened from that slamming. And it shows that it was from that door. However, to pull a debunking moment, anybody could have slammed that door yeah, open Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not evidence. 
well, in this show, they were like, look, it's a, it's a little notch in the door. That's where it slammed. But so there's that. But, eh, you know, again, like I said before, believe what you want to believe. This is right. just the story. So anywho, as the door slams open, wood chips go flying. There's a cold blast of air that blows leaves into the apartment from outside. Mm-hmm. Joe steps outside. And when he turns around, he sees a man in his apartment, full bodied apparition. And this guy is running. He's not just standing around. He's desperately trying to get away from someone. And Joe actually thought this was one of Baumeister's victims. Mm. And it could be like a residual haunting of that happening. So later, Rob, Vicky, and Joe started to investigate what was known that had happened on that property. And they found some old news footage that included pictures of the victims. And they showed all the pictures to Joe to see if maybe he could identify this man that he saw in his apartment. And he actually identified him as one of the victims. And at this point, Rob is like, Joe is becoming obsessed with Baumeister, which I mean, I would too if I was in that position. So that's kind of fair. Right. So shortly after that, Joe has some friends over. They're swimming in the indoor pool. And Mm -hmm. Joe dives to the bottom. And he feels someone touch his back. He Ooh. thinks it's one of his friends, right? But Ooh, he's under nope, the pool. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope, nope. So he turns around to see if there's someone touching him. And he sees that his friends are on the opposite side of the pool and there's no one around him. So he swims back to them. And as he's swimming, he's pulled under and feels mm. fingers around his neck oh, poking nope. him. Yep, that, that'll happen. One of Joe's friends watches Joe put his hands around his neck as though he's trying to pull someone's hands off of his neck. Jeez. And he's panicking like he's never seen Joe panic before. So Joe oh. manages to escape and freaks out, tells all of his friends to get out of the pool. And he thinks it was Herb strangling him in the pool because he's doing all this investigation of the crimes, right? Right. So he can't catch a break. One night, he's working at his computer. He's startled by the sound of metallic scraping. He gets up, Ugh. goes into the kitchen, finds all of his knives from his butcher block sitting in the sink, and Ooh. there's cuts in the wood walls Ooh. from the knives. Yikes. So he's thinking, well, was somebody stabbed there? Did somebody die in that kitchen by a knife? Like, is that right. something that happened? So apparently we weren't the only people watching ghost shows at this time. And because this is a more modern time, ghost shows were happening while this was happening. So, of course, Joe is intrigued. He's going to watch a ghost show. So Joe is watching ghost shows, as you do. And he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do an EVP session. I'm going to see if there's someone in here with me. So he unplugs everything that could be making any kind of noise or have any kind of electrical current. Takes his phone out uses his phone as a recording device. And in the kitchen, he asks, is anyone here? And within moments, Fred starts to lose it. He's barking. Joe takes the recorder to his computer. I guess I don't know what year this is that you have to take it to a computer for playback. But he takes it to his computer for playback. And he listens closely. And the response to his question is the married one. So... Joe looked at the victim list. Every single victim had been single. And then it dawns on him, the only married one was Herb. So he's thinking now, Herb is the one for sure. It's Herb. He's he's bugging me. So uh-huh. after this point, things actually calmed down quite a bit. And eh, there was an ex- exception of a sound of occasional unexplained footsteps here and there. And there was actually a white cat ghost that certain people saw. <laughs> 
Sure. So I thought that was fun. There's a little cat in here. Okay. And maybe Fred's growling at the white cat. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, you know, dog's got a dog. Right? So as time goes on, Joe would sometimes see shadow figures in the woods. Okay. And he described them as being blacker than black. And what's interesting here is that some people think that it's just Herb haunting the house. And then some people think it's not just Herb or is it him at all? So Rob and Vicky invited multiple psychic mediums with accredited backgrounds to their home. So I just want to say this in the book that I got this reference from, it gives a full length detail of the background of every single medium that they talk to and how they are valid and legitimate and what they've experienced and what they've proven in the past. I'm not going to get into that here because you're going to get bored and fall asleep. If you want to read about it, read the book. I gave you the reference, but just know that these are accredited people in the community. So many of them said that Herb's spirit still lingers. Others say that the victim's spirits are also around, especially in the pool area. And many mediums actually have tried to help them cross over to get them out of this place. Okay. They don't really know if it was successful or not, though. Right. They also had a shaman. And a shaman had told them of the existence of several Native American spirits. Not surprising. Right. Um, But they tended to keep to themselves in the woods, and they're not connected to any of the murders that took place at Fox Hollow Farm, but are rather pissed at how their land has been treated by those who came after them. I mean... (laughs) Legit. Not surprised. I would be too. Yeah. So some also say that there are two inhuman entities on the ground, though, that are of elemental sources. So like Uh an elemental nature spirit that lurks in the woods and only comes out at night. So all of these experiences are fine and dandy, but we like our evidence. Uh Evidence. Evidence. So, of course, people wanted to investigate this place and actually see if they could find anything that they could document. So, Rob and Vicky allowed for paranormal investigators to start coming into their house and doing their thing, try to get some evidence. Evidence. Mm-hmm. Evidence. So, in 2015, Rob and Vicky allowed paranormal investigator Richard Estep, who wrote the book, uh-huh. to investigate their home and... They also allowed ghost adventures, your favorite people, to do an investigation there. So let's start with Kim's favorite clan of douchebaggery for evidence. (laughs) So this is actually, in case you want to look it up, Ghost Adventures Season 12, Episode 13. Don't give them the ratings. Don't give them the ratings. So I'm just going to give you some of the evidence that they found. So I'm going to keep it. Pretty succinct for can we, can we Can we put this in quotes? Yes, all of this it is in air quotes. Audio medium that we are saying evidence right now in heavy, heavy evidence. <sighs> Big sigh. Yes. But sure. I have to talk about it because no, listeners might have yeah. watched it. And I like to reference these things to compare this type of evidence to evidence uh-huh. that other people found to see if any, there's anything that like lines up, you know? No, it's, it's legit. So they actually heard a loud bang that was coming from the pool room, uh-huh. which was empty at the time that it happened. Your friend Zach claimed to see a white mist in the game room. I'm sure he did. They also got some uh, EVPs. They actually got a class A EVP in the game room, and it was a help. Someone said help. Sure. And it was in a, a man's Was it voice. a person listening to the show? It was actually you, Kim. 
You had no idea you were in this. How? how they channeled how? you through an EVP. It was, how? that's what we call magic. I am very magical. But you know what is even more magical is a spirit box. And they generally love to uh, use spirit boxes so much. Don't try this at home, kids. It's just a radio. Just don't try it at home because it's dumb. I'm saying it. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there. Not a good source. Not real. Listen, spirit boxes are fun party tricks. They are not evidence. 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 So in that spirit box... No, we needed to hear it. I'm putting Cranky Kim back in the box. I'm sorry. You're putting Cranky Kim back in the spirit box? (laughs) So some of the things that uh, we heard from the spirit box was, Uh Uh I'm dead, which is actually Kim channeling through the spirit box. I've said that like five times under my breath already. I'll say it now. I'm dead. I'm dead. So that is the actual thing that they heard through the spirit box. Yeah. So our podcast episode is actually a spirit box. It's a spirit box. In case you, yeah, yeah, you didn't realize this, but this whole time it's been a spirit box this whole time. Congratulations, you win. We should have named our podcast the Spirit Box. No, we shouldn't because of so <laughs> many. Gabby, <laughs> like I just I'm ready like to, to f- upset Kim. I just I'm like to do it. <laughs> I'm going. I have nothing to throw but hard candies, like little hard candies. I'm going to throw them. I'm throwing them. Don't hurt your computer. It's like sugar. What can I do? I don't know. They're hard. You could probably do something with it. That's what she said. Um, Anyway, another thing that they heard on the spirit box was Uh Herb did it. Sure, Herb did do it. Yeah. Zach asked, are you here? And then someone responds, I'm here. I'm here. convenient, you know. Don't ever use that as evidence in case you're wondering and you're doing ghost hunts on your own. It's not a valid source. It hurts. It hurt. It hurts. It hurts my hurts my head. It hurts my heart. Yep. It hurts. Black heart. My cold, dead heart that shouldn't hurt because it's cold and dead. Gabby. <laughs> Gabby. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I want. I wanna. It's you know. It's you know. It's bad because the cat's ready to come up because she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she smells like dead farts because she's a cat. And there's no dead people. There's no spirit box. I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. I'm just saying words out of my mouth because that's how annoyed I am at the mere idea. I interrupted your story. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I like when you go on rants. Um, You like when I go on rants about Zach Baggins. (laughs) Yes, it's very entertaining. That's why I included it in our content. God forbid if him and I ever meet each other, because I'm just going to point at them and go, no. You're going to tell him to get back into the spirit box. And he's going to be like, I make a lot of money. Who? Why are you talking to me? You're going to be like, can I have some? Give me some money. I should be. I've earned this. Damn it. So they actually also had infrared cameras, though. Sure. Okay. That's that's good. That's legit. That's legit. legit. Um, and they appeared to pick up an unusual light anomaly that moved slowly along the back wall of the kitchenette and then moved up to the rafters in an unusual pattern that could not be debunked. Okay. So that, that seems kind of legit, but it's legit. I I do question how, uh, contained and controlled they keep their environment. 
That's and true. I say this genuinely because I, I don't watch the show enough to know. <laughs> well, they don't really show it on a show. That's the thing about having mm. ghost shows is that they don't show context and there's a lot of editing. So that's what I question. You don't what? know what's actually happening in general on ghost shows, just saying. So that's, that's I'm going to wrap that ghost adventures moment up with a nice bow and mm-hmm. let you know that that's not where the... Uh, Paranormal investigating stops. That's where we like to start for our point of reference because it's a low bar. So let's talk about Richard Estep. He wrote the book, co-wrote the book, The Horrors of Fox Hollow Farm, which we referenced in the last episode, referenced in this episode. And let's talk about Richard. So he is a paranormal investigator and a writer. He's been in the business for over a decade and is what we like to call legit. Right. So he's had a thorough background in investigating. He has a pretty hefty sized team and has really good connections. And that's what you need in this business. So Rob actually was in touch with Richard Estep when he was trying to find paranormal investigators to investigate and invited him to his home on multiple occasions. And that started in 2016. So that's really recent. That's just four years ago. And they've had a few theories. So on his first visit, Estep thought, quote, horror movies take place in locations like this. <laughs> Which I thought was so wonderful. Sure, yeah. So they noted a few things when they got there. They knew all the history. They knew what happened, obviously. They did their homework. But there were some active areas that they needed to really focus on. There was the pool room and its associated pump room and the apartment. So when people were swimming, they often hear knocking on the door, but no one's there when they check. Lots of doors rattle as if someone's trying to get open, like in Joe's room. Mm -hmm. And they have seen multiple shadow figures. So they know what to look for. During their investigation, Estep pulls out the works. So let me tell you what he brought. He brought EMF meters, static and video cameras, thermometers, laser grids, air ionization meters, motion sensors. I hate to say it, but they also brought spirit boxes. Maybe just for a reference. I don't know. But they had lots of other good tchotchkes, so I, I trust their judgment for everything else. Right. So they set up shop throughout the house in the hot spots pick up any, to pick up anything that might happen based on the experience of the tenants and the, the hot spots that they know about, right? Uh-huh. So that way, hopefully, they can pick something up and document it. And immediately after setting up the laser grid, in case you don't know what a laser grid is, it's a high-powered laser that emits a grid of dots that uh-huh. when you pull it far away, it creates a larger span of coverage. And it's useful for detecting shadows or general visual disturbances. So if a shadow walks in front of it, you'll see a shadow, a literal shadow, and it'll be more visible to your eye. It's also great for driving your cat crazy. (laughs) Oh, I got to see that one day. Oh, Um, yeah. So immediately after they set up this laser grid, they actually set up a camera to monitor the laser grid because what's the point of evidence if you don't have it recorded? Uh Uh, This was happening in the pool room, and someone on Estep's team actually saw a shadowy figure pass directly over the grid with their own eyes, and it was recorded on a camera. So they tried debunking it. They thought it could have been a person walking around outside because there was a window across from it. And But it was the middle of the night. They're on private property. There's no one else in the house. The owners aren't home. They're elsewhere. And everyone on the team is in that room inside. So they couldn't debunk it. Uh, Later on, one of the grids actually died. 
and they had just put new batteries in it. So if you don't know, battery depletion can be an indicator that paranormal activity is about to pick up, Mm -hmm. as it is said that an entity can use the battery's energy to manifest. So Mm -hmm. that's a clear sign something's about to happen. So I really love this point. They actually played 80s and 90s music to try to kind of entice the spirits. If they were from the time of the 80s and the 90s, they went to gay bars. They liked to enjoy that. You know, maybe we'll bring them out that way. (laughs) One of the songs that they played was Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, which I think is a little ironic and maybe not the best taste, but you know. I mean, it's a choice. (laughs) It's definitely a choice. Uh, And they all hung out in the pool area listening to the music. And they were recording for EVP at the same time. Mm -hmm. A member of the team actually saw a shadow figure pass quickly by the window outside during this time and went to check it out. Nobody was there. But they didn't get any EVPs at that time. Just I would assume it's because the music's too loud. But there's that. They also did a secondary EVP session. And the team heard a handle jiggling from one of the doors as if it were trying to turn and open. And a sensitive member of the team identified the presence of a strong male energy, completely negative in nature and extremely threatening. So everyone thought it was Herb. Shortly after that, two doors opened on their own in a very short period of time and everybody saw it. Okay. So stuff's happening. Like this is like a lit investigation. There's a lot of stuff going on that they can't really explain. And What's interesting to note, too, is that you have a combination of male and female investigators in this group, and there was one female. She felt threatened constantly, as though the male presence didn't like having a female around. She was physically pushed Mm. by something that she couldn't see, and it actually knocked her off balance. And she was also jabbed in the back by what felt like two fingers just underneath her bra. Ooh. So something did not like her there. However... The step felt a soft caress on his tricep from a phantom hand that felt like an affectionate, flirtatious touch from a lover. Somebody liked a step. They're like, hey, yo, girl, how you doing? (laughs) So a step goes, you know, this thing likes me. Let's push it further. So he actually gets into the pool to try to see if anything would like grab or taunt him or do anything during the investigation. And apparently it had no heater on, so it was real cold, but he still went in. Mm -hmm. They only got one EVP. And the crazy thing is the EVP was of the name Laura. And everyone's like, who, what, why, who's Laura? Laura was actually, maybe, but I I think they were referencing a step's wife. Because her name was Laura. But that's also really creepy. Like, how does an entity know his wife's name if no one's talking about it? And, like, that takes it even further, right? Mm -hmm. Then they hear a loud screeching noise, and it's inside the house. It's not outside. And they hear it right after one of the investigators asked if there was a spirit present that was there that was Mm -hmm. an inhuman entity almost like it was a response and everybody thinks well maybe it was an owl or maybe it was some kind of bird they're trying to debunk it nobody can debunk it mm-hmm. it was inside the house i didn't find anything inside the house nobody had heard anything that sounded like that owls didn't sound like that they even listened to like what owls sound like and it wasn't that <laughs> right. it, it, um, it didn't sound the same nope wasn't the same it wasn't a whoo, whoo, whoo. wasn't that cute little like naked <laughs> alien in the in the attic uh no but then there's the apartment so 
in the apartment at the time, Rob actually had one of his teenage sons live there for many years. And uh-huh. every day at 1.45 a.m., the door knocker would knock itself seven times. It's alarmingly ever, specific. Right? And nobody could ever debunk it. And so they actually thought it was a residual thing, which is a little strange. Another thing that was pointed out was that the walk-in closet was a hot spot for mediums. Some of them actually thought it was a portal where multiple spirits would come and go as they pleased. Sure. And apparently, Rob's current master bathroom was also considered to be a potential portal. And- there's just, I'm sorry. There's just there's something <laughs> funny to me about, like, I mean, bathrooms are a portal. There's something ungodly. There's like there no, there's definitely something dying in there, something ungodly that happens in there for some people. Like uh their souls go there to die when they poop. <laughs> um, but yeah, a- apparently, allegedly that this is a portal. Sure. Uh, and that was actually her Baumeister's bathroom. So there could be some kind of negative energy there, sure. Um, during an investigation, the team used an SLS camera in the apartment. And an SLS camera, if you don't know, identifies like people or entities as stick figures. Mm -hmm. And when they used it, they saw a tiny stick figure, like a child size figure standing right next to Joe. Oh, interesting. So they thought what type of tiny person would be there? Is this the inhuman entity that everybody is talking about? Or a really tiny poop? Oh, or a big poop? bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was oh, like, this is, this is in the apartment. I mean, it, could, it could be a really tiny poop in the shape of a person. A tiny I mean, person. Listen, what your your poop, your business. I'm not here to judge what your poop manifests. Man, at. our topics for this episode are just real. This is like hashtag bathroom. Stick figure. Is that what we're going for? We had hashtag urine pool last time. Is it now it's hashtag poop sticks? Ew, I don't like that. No me gusta. Fine. Bob, if you would, hashtag poop, poop stick figure. Poop person. Oh, poop person! Alliteration! Kim loves alliteration. No. Go for it. All right, what hashtag, hashtag poop person. I didn't do it. Don't look I mean, at me. That was Kim. Hashtag poop person. Demand your poop person! <laughs> so, speaking of poop people, we talked about other entities that could be present, right? Earlier? So Joe LeBlanc has his theories that there are seven entities. First entity is Herb Baumeister or something that masquerades as him. Five of them are victims. And then the other one is the elemental or the shadow figure. Uh And this is reputed to be non-human spirits that arise from the land, from woods, from streams and rocks. And a lot of cultures actually believe in them, some actively while others passively, where they're heard of mostly via folklore and myth, but it's a concept found in a lot of different cultures globally. So it's not like a weird thing to think about. Right. So these are generally thought of and seen as a dark figure that are blacker than black, tall and thin, and they move in a weird way, too fast to be human, going from tree to tree. And that is described that way by Joe LeBlanc. And of course, one investigator at one point thought it was, let me tell you, demonic, because you know how people are. And one of the investigators actually spoke the Lord's Prayer. They heard three solid bangs coming from above them. So, all right, maybe. 
Who sure. knows? We can't say no necessarily, but I mean, I feel like I can always say no, but I, I will try to be kinder scully. than I mean, that's my job. I'm scully. That's true. But we also weren't there, so we don't know. True. We're just relaying the information. And right. many investigators actually think that a completely inhuman entity is responsible for a lot of the paranormal activity at Fox Hollow Farm. So a lot of people think, you know, it's all her, but that's like the same thing that we talk about in multiple episodes where when you see a ghost, you know a story, you identify it as that automatically without thinking of context. We're we're very open to suggestion as people. That's it's one of the reasons why when we do investigations, uh if it's a new place, the team doesn't know the nature of the haunting. Um right. we are we are so open to the power of suggestion. It's not even we don't even know what's happening, but that's it's it's human nature it's psychology totally is but there's more to it than that here and a lot of investigators thought that it's actually not her but there could be potentially other things so i'm going to give you some ideas of what some people have some theories okay one investigator named steven widener thinks that something negative and inhuman was actually drawn to fox hollow farm because of the dark and terrible events that occurred there and that her baumeister is not a resident ghost rather okay. that he drops in from time to time just to say like hey what's up see how things are going hey, how you doing like he actually thinks that like her likes rob for taking care of the house sure like, that's why he checks in to see how things are doing sure yeah others think that the dark entity parades around masquerading as her baumeister to fuck with investigators and anybody coming in trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. which also could be legit yeah totally some people think that this dark energy actually influenced her baumeister to do what he did but Sure. That actually, if you want to think about that a little bit further, wouldn't account for the killings that happened prior to Baumeister's move to Fox Hollow Farm. Right. Unless it was with him back then and then followed him there, which we don't know. That's not something we don't that know. anybody could find out. Right. And according to Estep's book, a reliable psychic medium named Brian had an interesting take. So we're just going to call him Brian for the sake of anonymity. Okay. He said, quote, Any psychic that claims to connect with her Baumeister is mistaken or lying because it's impossible for us to contact him. The magnitude of the evil things that he did has put his spirit in a very specific place, one where he cannot be reached from this plane, like a very specific kind of purgatory, if you will. Brian also claims that the largest portal in the vicinity is the pool itself, which is, quote, a purple and greenish energy portal right there under the water with human hands rising up out of it. I could hear their voices talking. That's what he said. Now this brings us back to Joe because you talked about the pool. We talked about what happened with Joe in the pool, how he felt like someone was strangling him and he got pulled under, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. So now that we know, quote unquote, that this is a vortex of a portal, Mm-hmm. It could have been that vortex pulling him under, but not her Baumeister, but a different energy in total in itself, right? Uh-huh. So that's interesting to consider. Brian uh-huh. also could not verify any elementals when he was there. However, he did support that there were Native American spirits around. Okay. Um, and he also supported that there was a very dark energy present. And that, quote, it thrived on chaos and fed upon negative emotion, a form of psychic parasite. Okay. 
which I totally believe too. Sure. But then just for you, Kim, we're going to take a left turn. Uh Uh-oh. Even though this whole thing has felt like a left turn. We're going to go further left. Okay. So do you remember when we talked about Tony Harris last episode? Remind me in case it's been a couple weeks. (laughs) Okay. So Tony Harris Mm -hmm. was the guy who miraculously got away with his life after a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Guy that got away with his life. Yep. He had that inopportune relationship with Herb Baumeister. Ended up giving out Baumeister's identity to the police. That's how he got caught. So Tony Harris, the name Tony Harris is not a real person, by the way. That's just a pseudonym for that person Mm -hmm. to protect their identity. But we're going to call him Tony Harris. So Tony Harris also claims to be a sensitive and a potential medium. Okay. This is where I give you a very fair warning that he is the only source saying the things that he is saying. So we don't know anybody else saying all of this stuff. But it was a great place to start. It's real entertaining, so I'm going to tell it to you. All right. So Tony Harris believes that there is an inhuman entity on the estate, as other people do. However, mm-hmm. he calls it the frog, that it has an almost amphibian-like appearance with the face of a toad. And apparently, it resides mostly in the swimming pool, but can travel throughout the house and the grounds if it wants to. Sure. I'm sorry. If I saw a huge, like, man-amphibian frog, that would freak me out. But that also makes me think, like, what about that little poop person, the stick figure? Yeah, I mean, is an amphibian... Amphibian frog sounds redundant. Is a... That's true. It's a frog. It's a frog versus a, like, poop person. I mean, honestly, I would be more terrified of the poop person <laughs> for the mostly... Frog. It's la la grenouilles, like, yeah, sure, frogs, cool, that's cool, like, cute little wee frog demon thing, that's, that's adorable, poop person, Uh, you rest your case. A frog over a poop person, that's all I'm saying, you can quote me on that. Quoted. So, Tony also believes in a dark evil spirit that is not the frog, but is a separate spirit (laughs) that goes by the name SLJ which stands for Sounds Like Joe, not Mm -hmm. in reference to Joe LeBlanc, in reference to a different Joe. And the reason that he doesn't call him by his full name is because he's worried he's going to summon him if he says Sounds Like Joe. Like Candyman? Yeah. Or something? Yeah, basically. And so he just says SLJ so that he doesn't have to say it. He and should just replace it with Candyman because then he might summon Tony Todd, and that's amazing. That would be a better story, but unfortunately, that's not where we're at. Not where we're at. Damn. Nope. Damn. I know. So apparently, that's why he doesn't use the full name is because of how reprehensible he is. Apparently, okay. he's the spirit of an awful man who is currently dead, but resides at Fox Hollow Farm to thrive off of negative energy, mm-hmm. and he's still there. But he's not limited to... Fox Hollow Farm. He can go other places. He didn't die there, but Mm -hmm. he's drawn there because of the negative energy. Sure. And Tony believes that SLJ was Herb Baumeister's assistant in his killings so that he got into Herb Baumeister's head and that he helped him kill all these dudes. Another thing that he thinks is that SLJ followed Herb to Canada and pulled the trigger on his gun. And he was the cause of Herb's death, not Herb killing himself. 
there's apparently also an alliance between SLJ and the frog and that any kind of trickery that happens around the house to fool people mm-hmm. is done mainly by the frog with the support of SLJ. So they kind of mm-hmm. help each other out. So Tony also brings back the idea that Herb may have had multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. If we talked about that last episode and how his dad actually took him to get tested and he found out that he was schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony said that, you know, Herb was truly a lonely person and often referred to himself in the third person. So when he talked about himself, he did not say I. As a sensitive, Tony remembered that when he was alone with Herb, he heard multiple voices around Herb as though there were other entities around him talking over one another, competing to be heard. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's when Tony realized that Herb actually had multiple spirit attachments onto him. Hmm. So Tony mentioned that there were two different types of Herb that he knew, that there was the kind, loving demeanor of Herb when he referred to himself as Brian Smart. Remember, he was Brian Smart when he met him. Mm-hmm. And then the contrast of that, which was Herb Baumeister, and it was the polar opposite. He was a remorseless, cunning killer. Mm-hmm. And so Estep addresses this with an interesting point. He says, quote, one is forced to wonder if this is an act of referring himself in the third person was due to a form of mental illness, perhaps related to the schizophrenia that Herb was once diagnosed with, or possibly some type of malevolent spirit attachment, or maybe a combination of both. So this kind of gives some perspective into Herb that other people have not thought about and have Mm -hmm. not known. Mm -hmm. And you have the source of Tony, and you can believe everything (laughs) he has to say. What? Yes. I was thinking Tony, like, Red Ram. Red Ram. No? Okay. Red Ram, I'm Tony. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. You get me. I got you. You got me, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, you have the perspective of Tony. Like, do you believe everything that he says? Because he had some valid information and he's the reason that Herb got caught in the first place. So he seems like a credible source when you think about all the things that he did to help catch a killer. Uh But then there's this side of him that gives all of this wild information. Yeah. But we can't verify any of it. Yeah. Well, and that's the problem. Right. So who knows? Per usual. You know, we like to leave it up to you, the listener. Kim, what do you think? I think that, um, and I think it would be a really interesting place to investigate. I think it's a place that's had a lot of things happen, and I would be shocked if there was not some sort of haunting to some degree there, Mm -hmm. residual or otherwise. Uh, I think that I am skeptical of some of the accounts only because they lack... I mean, again, they, they're uh, proper evidence. Um, evidence. Evidence. Uh, well, it's, it's again, and I, I feel like part of our job as paranormal investigators is to be skeptical uh, until we can examine firsthand evidence. We can see how it was gathered. We can see the control that was taken. And, and that's that remains my frustration with a lot of the, the shows. Like, I want to see, cool, you gathered this evidence. What was your control over the environment like? If you can, if you can show me that we did XYZ to have a a really secure place, then awesome. I will take that as evidence. I just, without that assurance, it's hard for me to look unbiased at some of these. Totally. And I feel like I have to naturally be skeptical. It's not that I don't want to believe the, the accounts or that I don't believe that the person giving them believes them. 
but when it comes down to evidence 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 i i need something more compelling for myself that is not to say again that i don't think there is something going on here i just sure i am i am really particular when it comes to verifying evidence absolutely i mean and that's your right to feel that way too and i yeah. think that's what actually makes you a really great paranormal investigator because you don't believe every single thing yeah and like I will say that when I first started joining a paranormal group, like I was that guy that believed everything that happened and I still do to this day. And that's what I I, I remember (laughs) you balance me out, boo boo, (laughs) my scully to my molder. But I think that's also what helps you guys as listeners maybe see a new perspective that you might not have thought about because we often see people automatically assume something is paranormal Mm -hmm. when it often can be debunked. I think part of why I tend to be so super skeptical of some things is because I've been on the side of presenting evidence and I know the rigors that you can have to go. The questions people throw at you, the doubt people throw at you, that it's, there's almost this part of me that wants to prepare somebody if you want to bring forth a story outside of just anecdotal, outside of like, yeah, this creepy thing happened. I think it was a ghost. Great. I have lots of those stories and they're delightful. Um, but if you want to be like, this place is haunted and I know so because of X, Y, Z, there is a part of me that feels like I need to put the evidence through the ringer for the benefit of the person presenting it. If that makes any sense. No, totally. I think it helps people understand different perspectives too. I feel like it's a little bit of the educator in me too. That's yeah. like, I, I love that you've brought forth this thing. Now I need to take you through your thought process and make sure you're seeing all the things you need to see. Totally. Yeah. But I think that's healthy to have. And that's a nice perspective to have too, because it helps check everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more, sometimes people need to get checked. A lot of people need to get checked. I need to get checked. That's why I got you. Uh, (laughs) It's not to say, too, that I don't appreciate the spooky shit that happens, because I appreciate some spooky shit. Dude, this one had a lot of spooky shit. Yeah. That door knocker? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Dang. Uh, And this is totally a place I would love to investigate. Totally. I would, too. I would probably, like, leave crying, but love it. Like, (laughs) I would probably be a mess. Such a cold, dead heart. (laughs) Man, I have such a cold, dead heart. But anyway, that's Fox Hollow Farm, and that's, that's the awesome. hauntings of Fox Hollow Farm, and we hope we gave you a chill down your spine for that episode. And we didn't start you with poop people. No poop people. No more poop people. I've said it too much. You can't cut them all out. <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> and that brings us to... <laughs> Uh, well, I am still smack in the middle of 100 Days of Horror. We are like 40 minutes shy of October 1st uh, happening, Woo! which is which is counting down to the last 31 movies. Um, but uh, I recently watched a really great movie called uh, Spiral. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. It's a Canadian film. It was made in 2019. I watched it via Shutter, and 
like the the plot itself is nothing for for those of you who watch horror films this is not going to be anything um particularly original in that respect like you have this couple moving to a small town you know to to kind of start over and one of them is a writer and the other one the husband you know the other husband makes all the money the writer he starts noticing weird things and weird (laughs) things with the neighbors oh that's always sketch it's always sketch and he becomes convinced that the neighbors are up to something that like maybe they're doing some kind of ritual or some kind of cult he gets really paranoid and his partner liam is kind of like oh okay i'm gonna need you to calm down you're having an episode and so part of why i thought it was really great film is that you do have this nice like queer twist you have this gay couple as the primary characters malik uh is is kind of taking on the role that honestly generally women take in these kinds of films as the nice. ones who are not being believed uh, and there's a teen daughter and and it, it would have been kind of a run-of-the-mill thing but the the acting's really good jeffrey bauer chapman who plays malik is really really good and he kind of elevates the whole thing cool uh, so it was, it was a, a really surprise. Uh, I was not expecting, I wasn't expecting much when I started watching it. it I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> Watch something called the babysitter killer queen. I've heard sequ- of that, but I haven't seen it. Well, it's a sequel to a couple years ago. The, the first one was the babysitter and this was yeah. the follow-up, the uh, babysitter killer queen. And like, they're super silly. They're super gory. And just like, if you want dumb gore fests uh silly funny ridiculous movies if you want something for halloween that's just going to be like lots of ridiculous blood and silly humor it's a really good like watch the babysitter first this is a direct follow-up so you'll be better off watching but it's a good time is it something particularly memorable no is it a lot of fun definitely I don't know if everyone has the same definition of fun as you have, Kim. No, this is this is like Halloween party fun. Like okay. it's, it's it's super gory, but it's that kind of over the top gore that you can't be grossed out by because it's so ridiculous. Like if somebody gets a stab wound, it's not like a little bit of blood. It's like the person stabbing them gets a bucket of blood dumped on them. You know what I mean? Like it's so over excessive. the top. It's so excessive. It yeah. circles around to being really comedic. Uh, okay, I, I the, see that. the first one is still the superior of the two, but the follow-up was a good time. It's, it's silly. Not something that you're going to, you know, look back on as like, this is the best movie I ever watched. But if you just want something kind of fun and silly to watch for Halloween, it's a good time. That reminds me of the original Adams family yeah. and the the fight between Pugsley and Wednesday on stage yeah. where mm-hmm. they like chop each other's arms off and blood it's, just like shoots out of them. It's very much in that vein. Uh-huh. Pun intended. Uh-huh. Oh, that was really good. That was a good one. God, dad jokes on point this episode. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> love that. <sighs> what you been watching? So I actually watching anything because you've been busy getting engaged. Well, that was like two days since the last time we recorded. It's been like research. Plus research. I've been busy, but also I've been binging. Um, not just 90 day fiance, um, but also I've actually been watching a show that I highly, highly, highly recommend. It is on HBO. 
And it is called Lovecraft Country. If you oh, I, I, it's on my DVR. I haven't started it yet. Oh, my God, Kim. You're going to love this show. It's actually based off of a novel. Yeah. Also called Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, Country by uh, <laughs> Matt Ruff. Mm-hmm. It follows Atticus Freeman as he meets up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George. And they go on this like road trip through 1950s Jim Crow America. They're looking for Tick's dad. He went missing. And it's crazy how, like, much they show of what it was like to live through that time in this show. It's so accurate and just mind-boggling for people that haven't seen something like that before. It's cool because I feel like there's bits and pieces that are influenced by different, almost like sci-fi and horror movies Mm -hmm. of the past. There's a little bit of, like, a Goonies reference at one point. And I was like, oh, my God, this looks just like the Goonies. This is great. And then there's some other parts that are like, oh my gosh, this is like Stranger Things. Or, oh my gosh, this is like a like Aliens movie. Like, there's lots <laughs> of different references to things, but it's all done within the time period of the 50s. So it's a really interesting perspective to have, and it really speaks to the current climate that is going on right now, too. So it's a nice woven perspective that you don't see every day. And it's mm-hmm. really, really, really well done. Like nice. insanely well done. Um, highly recommended. And I also found a very funny show that I did not mean to find. But while I was watching this, I happened upon a show called Hot Dogs. Oh, or God. dog, hot dog. But like hot, like H-A-U-T-E, dog. And it's a makeover show for dogs. Of course it is. And it's so fun. So just like you like a, a nice little palate cleanser, <laughs> my palate cleanser is dogs. So yes, if you like is. dogs, Hot Dog is a competitive dog show sure. for groomers that has basically like nailed it on Netflix, but for dogs. It's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, you should That's watch terrifying. it. terrifying. I love it. It's so great. Saturday and Sunday, October 10th and 11th is uh, the rescheduled online Bone Bat Film Festival. Those of you who have never partook, partaken, 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 there you go, in Bone Bat before. Uh, It is a comedy horror film festival. It's typically held in April, and for obvious reasons, it did not occur in April. And it kept getting put off, and they finally decided to move it online this year. Tickets are available. It is a darn good time. Uh, It's uh, a combination of you get to watch blocks of comedy horror shorts that are utterly delightful. There is always, um, there is going to be live music. The Pine Box Boys, who are a super good time if you have never. Oh, I love that. Aren't they? Yeah, they are awesome. So they are going to be uh, performing and uh, it's it's broken up into two evenings, so you have two different chances to to tune in. I'm going to be tuning in both nights because that's how I roll. Tickets are on sale at bonebat.eventive.org. So check it out. Sweet. And... You also have a tea and true crime coming up. Oh, shizzle, I do. Uh, in <laughs> fact, listen, October's because I also have my horror films premiering on the 24th of October, which I'll be plugging at some point, uh, three horror films that I directed. But uh, no, I have a tea and true crime coming up on October 18th. 
currently there is voting happening over what case it's going to be, although it looks like we have a couple top contenders. Last I checked, uh, it was kind of a showdown between H.H. Holmes and uh, Juana Barraza, which if you're not familiar with her, she's a female wrestler who was dubbed the old lady killer. Yes, queen. Yeah, because she liked to kill old ladies. <laughs> she killed like Quite 24 literally. to 49 old ladies. Oh my so, God. Yeah. I'm not sure actually how long we're going to be doing voting, but if you're interested, head on over to Spooked in Seattle Ghost Tours. You can put your thoughts in on which you'd like to hear. Uh, Tea and True Crime will be on October 18th at 4 p.m. And you can buy tickets at spookedinseattle.com. And it's a Zoom call, so anybody can go. Anybody. And they're a good time. It's very fun. I make bad jokes. It's great. You can tell how much wine I've been drinking when I've been prepping based on how ridiculous the jokes start to get. And they get real good. So if you love her on here, you'll love her on there. So having said that, thank you for listening. If you would like to see our show notes and references, head on over to ghoulishtendencies.com. You can Uh listen to all of our episodes there and you can even send us a response if you'd like to. We also have a Instagram. It is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Take a look on there for any of our visual references to all of our episodes and some fun, stupid puns and, you know, the good memes because we love a good spooky meme. We also have, like we talked about earlier, Patreon. Mm -hmm. That is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Super excited to see who would like to be a ghoul with us. Please join to get any additional benefits like fun things sent to you in the mail, as well as additional content on the Patreon website. We also have a Facebook page. It is Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. We have a Twitter. It is Ghoulish Podcast. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Stay tuned for our fun month of October. Stay.